have it. It is time. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever it happened to be out there on the globe today. Coming to you direct from the Brewery Overlook here in the wonderful southern coast of Vancouver Island. It is episode 69 of the Rogue's Tavern, and I really should have prepared something for that, but, you know, take 69 for what it's worth. This is the extended winter of 2022. And what I mean by extended, both metaphorically and physically extended. I mean, after all, we're into the second week of April right now. And up at the Oasis this past week, it was bloody snowing, of all things. Not totally uncommon in April, second week of April, but it usually doesn't happen that often. You know, but that we are, as we're finishing the scamdemic of 2020 to 2022, this extended winter that is both physical and metaphorical, the extended winter due to the media losing control of the scam of the Rona, which they have tried to replace with the scam of the not really a war war or more of a skirmish. You know, they created the scapegoat of Russia, which has eliminated pretty much 30 percent of the food supply of the world. And, uh, well, with all this crazy going on, you just want to kick back and enjoy the show. So I suggest that you come on in out of the dark, settle down by the fire, have a drink and fall down some rabbit holes with us. Absolutely. And we've got all kinds of cool rabbit holes today. A few things to, you know, talk to you about making sure you prepare yourself up for the what's coming. Because if you're not getting prepared or not prepared, you're going to be in a world of hurt at this time next year. Because most people don't even realize that we're going to be in serious short supply of food. They know that food's going to be kind of rough. You know, it's going to be really expensive. They have no clue what's coming down the pike. And they won't until they actually see it. Because once they see it, then they have no other choice except to accept it. Well, yeah, and the media is not but going to talk about it. By then, it's too late. Yeah, well, that's by the time it's kind of like the to- the great toilet paper shortage of 2020. By the time it was talked about, it was too late. There was no toilet paper left in the stores. By the time I heard about it, there was no toilet paper left, which is fine by me because I've always got an ample supply of butt wipe myself. But I just found it quite amusing. But by the time it made mainstream media, it was short. It's kind of like the gas shortage we had on the island last year during the rainstorms. Yeah. I I thought about it as I was coming down island the day after it and the the shortage was going to be coming. I thought about it then. And after all the major roadways were closed, and I thought there's going to be a major gas shortage. And, you know, I looked at my trunk. Ah, I've got just over three-quarter tank. You know, I'm good for a few days or whatever. It won't be too bad. But by the next morning, there were kilometer-long gas lines all over. But this is the kind of shit. By the time the media is talking about it, it's too late. It's already happening. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get uh, rolling along here. And, of course... We have this right here at the beginning of our show. We talked in a pre-stream about wanting to move it. Well, no. This is where it needs to be. This is our spiritual reading. No, we're not Bible thumpers, but we could be if you want us to be. You know, Give us some money. We'll thump the Bible as much as you want. <laughs> but it is just a way to show that the Bible is kind of a history book and a warning at the same time. And it's got interesting tidbits in here. You can look at it and see. It's like... Are we repeating history? Well, as they say, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes really well. 
So I never see the exact same repeats in history, but a lot of similarities in our histories. And that's what I see in the Bible sometimes when I read from it. The other times it's got a bit of a message for it. Hey, right, this week we have Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 1 to 29. <clears throat> Therefore, thou son of man, fra Blah, 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 blah. Let's, let's get the tongue working here, and we'll try that again. All right, a little liquid. Try one more time. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus saith the Lord of God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north part, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And I will smite thy bow out of thy hand, and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. And I will send a fire on Magog, and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, I will not let them pollute my holy name any more, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is come, and it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken, and they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth, and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, and the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years, so that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any out of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those that spoiled them, and rob those that robbed them, saith the Lord God. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the, no the noses of the passengers, and there, there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude. And they shall call it the valley of Hamangog. And seven months shall be the house of Israel, be burying of them, and they may cleanse the land. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renowned and day that I shall be glorified, say the Lord God. And they shall sever out they shall sever out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers those that remain upon the face of the earth, to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when any seeth a man's bone, then, then shall he set up a sign by it, till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamangog. And also the name of the city shall be Hamanoth. Thus shall they cleanse the land. And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, 
speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come together yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Yet shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, and all them fatlings of Bashan. And ye shall eat fat till ye be full, and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots and mighty men, and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. And I will set my glory upon among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their inequity, because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them, and gave them into the hand of their enemies. So fell they all by the sword. According to their uncleanliness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them, and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Now I will bring again the captivity of Jacob, and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and will be jealous for my holy name. After that they have borne their shame, and all their trespasses where they have trespassed against me, when they dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity amongst the heathen. But I have gathered them up into their own land and have left none of them any more there." Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. Wow, he's a brutal motherfucker, isn't he? Sure sounds like it. Holy cow. Get out there and make the sacrifices and drink the blood and eat the flesh. And, you know, it's, it's really not completely crystal clear in that which blood and flesh they're talking about, whether it's animal or human. No, it's really not crystal clear at all but i mean uh, i guess there used to be the belief that if you ate your enemy then you would obtain the power of your enemy yep yep that's uh, definitely a belief you know i had a random theory mm -hmm. uh, occur to me while i was listening to that okay like what was just explained there reminds me of the definition of hell in the bible however uh what if atlantis was simply a city that had not lost its, um, I can't think of the right word, but like the evolution that we've gotten to now. Mm -hmm. What if Atlantis hadn't lost their scientific capability? And the reason why Atlantis is considered so amazing is because they were like the last place left that hadn't lost everything they had gained. What if Atlantis is what uh, heaven was based on? Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, it could be. Could very well Sorry, be. Sorry, random, random thought. 
Yeah, you never know. Who knows, you know, according to some of the stuff we've covered, you know, the world's only got two years left. Until we, uh, until we, until we, uh, until we slip and uh, have a earth crustal displacement. And uh, if that, if that actually happens by 2025, which was that guy's prediction, if that actually happens, man, the world's basically fucked and we're going to be starting all over again. Yeah, I mean, it would be very interesting to see what happens to our island during a crustacial displacement. Oh, we should. The island will be fine. The problem is, is we will no longer be in the north. We're going to be down in the tropics. True. The big, the biggest thing is, will we survive the tidal wave? See, the biggest thing about the Earth crustal displacement, of all the information I found out about it, okay, it's not like it's not like in. Uh, in uh, 2012, the movie 2012, I think it is. Um, I think it's the one. Wasn't 2012 about a random freezing? Yeah, okay. That was 2012. What was the other one? Um, I have to move it. I have to look it up. It's the one where, it's the one where they, they, China's building the giant boats for everybody. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that was 2012. I'm pretty Maybe. sure. I'm pretty sure that one was 2012. But anyway. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. But the thing is, there they they show they show all the earthquakes and the and the and everything splitting up. Well, that's not exactly what happens according to some of the studies. Yeah, a continent can drop or fall here and there, but you know everyone keeps looking for Atlantis. But more and more stuff I'm finding out they don't have to look any further than the continent of Antarctica. You know, the continent of Antarctica was the Atlantis. <clears throat> that is yeah. a current belief, although there's also the belief that uh, Atlantis is simply dried up because they found an area in Jerusalem or near Jerusalem, like in the desert area around okay. there, that had the same shape and pattern of Atlantis from the map that was drawn years and years ago. And it's the same like structure of the mountains. It's, it looks like what was written, what was drawn on the map, only there's no water. The, and the, there's not it enough, is believed that that might have been it. There's not enough big enough continental area in and around Jerusalem or the Middle East for that to be. Okay. No. You're, you're, no. You go look at the globe and study. It's like the continent of Antarctica is a continent in equivalent size to the lower 48 states of North America. Okay. Large enough land base with mountain ranges and lowlands and farming lands and everything else. And the thing is, is like they will let so little information out. And it's like they've been studying Antarctica for 60, 70 years now. And how come we yeah. have so little information about it after studies for 70 years? You know, because if they let too much information out, we'll get too much truth. If we get too much truth, then we'll realize that most of our history that we've been learning is incorrect. Is a lie, not just incorrect. It's an out-and-out -out lie. All right. Well, is it, isn't it considered an out-and-out -out lie if those who taught truly believed what they were teaching because the information they had at the moment was true according to what they saw? It, I think it's just that it's incorrect because when the teachings started— According to the information they had, it was as true as possible. But well, since then, they've gained a bunch of information. But they won't and let, it's no they longer they won't it's no them, longer the truth. But they, they it, I think it's them, just incorrect. They won't let them change it. You know, they're they're not allowed to change the, the narratives. They they have to they have to 
the narrative is so hard for them to change the narratives because people with egos are going to lose their jobs or their standing in whatever community they're in because they're no longer the top dog because they did something. Crabs so, in a bucket. Yes, crabs in a bucket, man. They got to, you know, you know, see entertainment, you know, catch a bunch of crabs, throw them in the bucket and watch one crab try to crawl out. That's why crabs, that's why you don't have to put a lid on, on crabs in a bucket because all the other crabs will keep them in the bucket for you. Which explains our political system and our policies around history and everything else. Yeah, it explains our policies around everything. Because anytime someone tries to break, starts to break out, you got all these people. It's the same reason why if you watch successful business people or if you, if you decide to launch into your own business, what's the first thing you get from a lot of people that are close to you? They tell you how bad an idea it is, how hard it's going to be, how difficult. They, they do everything to discourage you from doing it. And yeah. then even as you start to succeed, they still laugh at you until you completely succeed. And then they're like, oh, I was there supporting you all the time. It's like, yeah, no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, in order to move forward in life, one of the first things you got to do is you got to cut ties with a lot of people. Yeah, you have to. You have, anytime someone gives you a negative influence on it, you got to cut. You got to cut those ties because you don't want that. You got to find the people that have positive to support you. All right. Well, let's uh, enjoy that and let's go take a look at a couple of really cool videos. Now, granted, this one here has been half debunked, but you know he still did this. You know, this is just what you call a perfect clip. Oh, we need volume. Find in a single word. Here you go. Let's do it again. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot excuse me, in the foothills <laughs> of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I actually traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Now, granted, you know, that's just funny. Beautiful clip. Granted, yep. if you if you if you add the extra minute a minute and a half onto it that's been clipped off of it, he 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 winds back to this same point and then says the exact word that's supposed to be. I don't have it, but it doesn't matter. The way his his mind changes tracks there is just yeah. entertaining. It, it's entertaining. It's like people are so 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 false to treat him like this. Well, it's kind of false in that well. He, his mind, his mind did wander off into oh squirrel. Well, look at that squirrel running. Oh, sorry, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but that's exactly what he does. It's like yeah, he's so he's so special. All right, and here we have a very special breed of human out there right now. Oh dear. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. You gotta turn the there. sound on. Ugly. Just don't, I can imagine the ugly things that go through your mind and the thoughts. I, I wouldn't want to live in your head for one minute. Very ugly. Do you go to work like that? Chad, how insensitive of you to think that I work. <laughs> I mean, really, you. I am a disabled American, and you think I can get up and go to work? I don't have that privilege. All right, I can't handle it for the full minute and 28. <laughs> okay. Please tell me this is a spoof. I, I have honestly, I have no idea, honestly. I have no idea. My honestly. goodness, how bad is it when we can't tell when something is a freaking joke? 
Uh, that's the world's day. Is that's why the Babylon Bee has such a has such tough competition with not the bee, because the world of satire has <laughs> is just it's lost now, because people don't even it's realize because there's nothing to satire. <laughs> there's almost nothing left to satire anymore. It's just yeah, so sad I, out there. Like I followed not the bee, and half the half of their things seem to be. Uh, about how the bee managed to predict the future once again. It's like, oh my God, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's just the way it works right now, unfortunately. <laughs> so, and, you know, got to bring these, you know, special humans to, to light. That's a special human. Yeah, see, some say this is parody. You may want to take a few days from the internet. Well, see, that's the problem is, is like, <laughs> how do you know it's parody unless you were the person that did that? You know, because uh, this video here, they they don't note it. They don't they don't they don't have an indication of it being parody anywhere. So, and then there's also the fact that you don't really have to go any further than Walmart in order to to see run this. into people like this. To see this, you you don't have to go any further than Walmart to see this. Yes, people of yes. Walmart was one of my favorite pages to visit. <laughs> I used to go to people of Walmart whenever I needed a good laugh. Oh, does it still exist or did it get shut down due to insensitivity? Uh, I have no idea. Let's go find out. Let's see. People of Walmart is something I used to look up a lot, but I haven't really even thought about for a while. But well, yeah, this is this is yeah. kind of what you expect to see when you go to Walmart. Well, it's still alive and kicking. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> there'd be no reason for them to <laughs> like that. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, okay <laughs> okay but that one I can kind of see kids love pushing their parents in the cart so yeah. oh, oh okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow those are special shoes. Boots, man. Those are boots. Those are some really entertaining boots. <laughs> oh, oh wow. <laughs> All right, let's go grab one more and then we'll escape this. Oh, dear God. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, okay. They're very happy. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, candy on the end of his fucking dreads. <laughs> yep. It's a great way to get ants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's the best feel of Walmart. All right. <clears throat> so we've had our entertainment for the beginning of the show. It is <clears throat> It is a trap. You can get trapped there for hours without yes, meaning to. You you can because <laughs> you just, you just, you're just so stunned at the shit that's there. It's like it's so unbelievable. It's like, really? Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right well let's go talk about a bit let's uh, talk about some garden urban planning and other miscellaneous things garden things and all good stuff what do we got for garden urban planning nine do-it-yourself homemade rooting hormone ideas <clears throat> so if you're doing rooting what is a rooting hormone idea like what's a rooting hormone if you're doing cuttings and you're trying to yeah. root cuttings um, you you're more successful with rooting cuttings if you once you snip it off the off the live plant and you want to stick it in soil or water soil is better 
you want to dip mm-hmm. the end of the cutting, the piece you just cut, you want to dip it into a rooting hormone, which encourages root growth. Oh, okay. Okay, and there's a lot of uh, rooting hormone stuff you can buy at the stores and whatnot. But if you want to try doing some uh, natural ones or semi-natural, you can start by using aspirin. Crush up aspirin and use that as a rooting hormone. Um, aspirin? That's because aspirin is the same basic ingredient uh, chemically created as uh, willow. Oh, right. Okay, and that willow. And willow. If you if you want another willow tree, snip a branch off and stick it in water. In two weeks, you have another willow tree, because willows root. Oh, wow. Willows root like crazy. You, if you're pruning Great your willow, know. if you're pruning your willow tree, don't leave the branches lying around on the ground. They will root. <laughs> I, 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 I've, already learned, I've already learned that one, and I have <laughs> I have rooted a whole bunch of willow trees and sold them off as willow trees. But willows root beautifully. Apple cider vinegar, you can use that as a rooting hormone. Apple cider vinegar, I think you can use it for pretty much anything. I think so. It's pretty amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially if you make it yourself. Since I finally learned how to make it myself, I've always got a good supply of it now. Honey, of course. Honey can be used for all kinds of things. Honey makes a really good rooting hormone. I did not know that. Oh, honey? Yeah. I mean, I know that honey is great for, like, home remedies and for your health, but I had no idea it would help with rooting. Yeah, I didn't either, but it makes sense to me. Willow water. This is another take on the aspirin. So you take willow and you soak cool. stuff in it and make your water. There's a there's a page in there, a link in here to tell you how to make the rooting hormone. Another do-it-yourself rooting hormone is to, uh, um, they got a do-it-yourself article for a few chemicals. Homemade rooting hormones, you know, potatoes and cinnamon, you know, aloe. You can grow those together? No. Use use potatoes and cinnamon as a rooting hormone. You probably mix it up. Oh, okay. You know, aloe as a rooting hormone. You know, cinnamon. They show this one here, mixing it up with something. So there's a lot of them in here. It's a really good article. I thought it was useful for those that are doing their own cuttings and trying to propagate their stuff. For sure. That's amazing. Okay. You brought us a couple here. We'll go with 2022, the year of the lilac. Isn't that kind of cool that uh, the year uh, that 2022 is year of the lilac? Uh, I guess if you like lilacs. My best friend loves lilacs. Hmm. I remember one time she was having a rough day, so I went for a walk, and at the time I still couldn't tell a weed from a plant. So apparently, I walked by like 10 lilac shrubs because I thought that lilacs grew like other little flowers straight out of the ground so i totally missed a bunch of them i tried to find her lilac i found lilac eventually i guess it was a really young plant but Mm -hmm. lilacs are something that hold a special memory for me so i think it's really cool cool all right and they aren't just a pretty smelling flower or shrub rather they are also uh edible and they are medicinal and if you are into it you can use them for magical spells as well Okay, cool. One of the things that they're often used for is for, um, I gave the link for magical and medicinal. You can actually use these uh, for a lot of the equinoxes. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I looked it over, it's very interesting. 
And thanks to uh, the site that is about magical capabilities, I learned a lot about I learned about a lot of different flowers and things that you grow in your garden, even some weeds that you can use to help bring on the rain or to help do all kinds of things. It's very cool. Cool. Okay. Um, best veggies for the spring. <clears throat> These are, uh, this is an article about the cool weather veggies that are great for planting about now. Uh, I know I've brought a couple of these already, but this one, aside from having the usual suspects of spinach, peas, beets, lettuce, parsley, and radishes, it also has some great tips on what to plant with each of these veggies, like the ones that go together, the ones that help each other. Uh, One of the things they talk about is how if you plant the parsley and you plant the radishes with the parsley, the radishes will be ready to uh, to pull out before the parsley is fully ready, which means that you are using the bed for two things at once, but the radishes also help the parsley and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool article. Yep. Yeah, I got to get my spinach in the ground this next week. It's finally warm enough. Because you, you do, you do got to wait till your soil temperature gets to about 10 degrees. Yeah, and I mean... I know you were mentioning earlier about how we've been having snow. Every year I've lived on this island, pretty much, except for like maybe two, uh, two years, uh, we've had a bit of snow in April at least. This year's a little more than usual, but I've always called April the month of four seasons, and it seems to be that way in a lot of areas um, on the West Coast, Mm -hmm. where in April you just get a little bit of everything. Growing lettuce and salad greens in a container. Yeah, um, this is great for people who they don't really have a, a area for a real garden, you can and do it on your they, balcony. but they still want to grow things. Hmm? Yeah, do it on your balcony. Yeah, or even inside. Mm-hmm. Um, what this does is it goes through like the items you'll need, what kind of containers you'll need. And something that is great is it tells you how to care for your seedlings and how to harvest, yet leave enough for it to continue growing so you won't have to replant. Mm -hmm. If you do it inside, then you'll be able to have fresh greens all throughout the year. And so long as you harvest properly, you you won't end up killing the plant, which is something that a lot of people don't actually know. Yep. All right. Planting, growing, and harvesting basil. Basil. I've always said basil. Basil. But basil. Bas- basil is one of those herbs that pretty well everyone uses for things like pasta sauce, but mm-hmm. not many people really understand exactly what basil does for you. There is a lot of health benefits to using basil, <laughs> especially when you use fresh basil. Mm-hmm. And... This goes through and teaches you how to grow it and tells you what it grows well with, like basil with tomatoes, for instance. They grow really well together. Mm-hmm. And this will go through, help you to grow it, take care of it, and teach you how to harvest it, uh, both harvest it in order to leave enough to grow and how to harvest it so that you just need to uh, let, leave it dormant. Yep. It's pretty cool. Well, And then, of course, one thing you want to do is if it starts to flower, pinch it off. You want to encourage leaves. I'm going to see if I can actually grow it this year. Last year, I kept killing my basil plants. <laughs> All right. Random garden things. 12 natural ways to get rid of garden weeds. 
Oh, hey, I just got an Interact alert about how I received a reimbursement for $358.27. Must be from... Yeah, that sounds... Uh, must be from the government. That's legit. They yeah, always, totally. They always send out notifications this late at night. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this was a pretty cool article. Um, whenever you're doing natural ways to get rid of things like weeds, they're always kind of hit and miss. But... Uh, there's some pretty well-known ones, well-known techniques in here, like holding them out or mulching slash removing their light source. And there are other suggestions, like simply eating them. Yeah, it depends on the weeds. Yep. And they actually go through, They like here you can see they're going through and they're showing you the most common weeds. Yep. And then um, they'll, like... In the one where they say eat them, they'll go through and tell you which ones you can eat, how to eat them. They also tell you how to make the homemade herbicide sprays. It's a very useful article, especially if you're fighting weeds. Yeah. I theorize that you could probably use some of the herbicide things, the natural ones, to probably fight bugs and stuff. Because if weeds don't like them, bugs probably won't like them. Yeah, you gotta be the careful. Theory. You gotta be careful if you use any herbicides in the plants you're growing, because you could kill your plant too. You know, it's good. Ah. It's, it's, it, you gotta remember, you know, what what kills weeds will sometimes kill your plant. So you gotta you gotta be careful about any nat any herbicides, natural or otherwise. You know, if you're trying to Ooh, kill the really weed, like... if you're trying to kill the Sorry. weeds that are growing up in between the cracks of your sidewalk or your driveway, well, yeah, boiling water, fire. Salt. You really don't want to pour salt in your garden. You know, vinegar. No. You got to remember, vinegar kills everything. It's yes. indiscriminate. Borax. All of these, these, these natural weed killers. All of these are fairly indiscriminate. Fire. If you're very pointed, boiling water. You could kill your other plants too. So you got to be careful what you do. You can also kill an ant hill with boiling water. That was one of the ways I got rid of ants in my last place is I found the main entrance to the ant hill mm -hmm. and I poured a bunch of boiling water down there and then I booked it because they all yeah. came out, the ones that could. Yeah. But we didn't have ants for a whole month until mm -hmm. the new nest moved in. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's like, there's, a, there's a YouTube video I caught a couple of times where a guy used to pour molten uh, molten metal down into ant ant. Uh, colonies and then oh, that make for a really cool shape after. it makes for a really cool sculpture afterwards man <laughs> it's like yeah and it's a good way to get rid of your anthills and create interesting art sculpture at the same time <laughs> i thought that one was pretty interesting anyway all right soil preparation um hopefully by the end of the summer i will have some really good video on soil preparation and making your own terra prada yeah. That'd be cool. I've been uh, doing um, the videos off and on for a year, and uh, they're just not quite ready as a complete uh, story yet. Well, this article, what it does is it goes through and it talks about the basic soil prep steps. Mm -hmm. And then they dive a little deeper and they start talking about the different kinds of soil that you have, explaining how you know what kind of soil you have. Mm -hmm. And then they go into how to prep each different kind of soil. So I thought this was an extraordinarily useful article because yep. um, we have all kinds. We mostly have clay soil here, I find. Mm -hmm. Yep. But knowing how to tell what kind of soil you have and then knowing how to prep your kind, specifically soil, is mm -hmm. going to be very useful. Yep. That it will. 
Get the weeds out too. Get them out early. It's like I had to weed a couple of my beds that were just they were just growing crazy weeds and you know the weeds start up first. So you prune all the weeds out before you plant anything and it's a lot easier to weed it out when the soil's still fresh in the spring and wet. All oh, the yeah. weeds come out much easier. All right. Let's talk a little bit about raising chickens. How to raise baby chickens. I should probably read this one. This is a really good article. They <clears throat> they help you to understand how to raise baby chickens. They, well, first they go through where to get them. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have hens that lay the eggs for you uh, after a rooster got to them, then they talk about where you can get them. And they help you to understand how to take care of your chickens from a day old up to adulthood. Yep. So this is a very useful one to have if you're planning on having chickens. Good thing to go over. Yep. Raising chicks. Yeah, I'll have to read this one Read this one over a little bit because I'm going to have chickens pretty soon. I'm going to go buy my chickens probably in about uh, three weeks. I'll go order my chickens. I should be Are you going to buy babies? Yeah, I'm going to buy chicks. There's They're no so point, cute. No point in buying the big fully grown ones. I got I to gotta get some chicks I got to raise up. It means I got I to gotta time it so that they're there and I spend more time at the Oasis during the initial time because they, they need extra care during their first, uh, first couple of weeks as they're growing. Yeah, they do. I do remember that much from having done chickens way, way back about, you know, 30 years ago. It's knowledge that's ra it's rolling around in my head. I just can't seem to connect, reconnect to those synapses. To, uh, you just need a good knowledge, reminder. Get all that knowledge back out of my head. All right. And you got another article here, how to build a chicken run. Well, there are as many ways to build a chicken run as there are paths to the top of a mountain. <laughs> yes, but what this one does is it gives you a basic how-to, yeah. and it's a great way to build a chicken run for people who yeah. have no clue and who are just getting into this. Yeah. It goes through the list of items you need. It goes through the requirements needed before you build the chicken run. All right, and it also explains why you want to build a chicken run. Yeah, well, you need some place for the chickens to run. I did see a really cool thing on a video um, of someone that builds these, uh, they build these little paths through their garden for their chickens to walk in out of, uh, out of chicken wire. They're, they're ch chicken tunnels is basically what they are, they're chicken tunnels that they, they, run that around so their, cool. they run around their garden so the chickens can wander through the garden or around the edges of the garden without getting into the garden and tearing it apart. But they'll, they'll help with bugs, and they'll be somewhere close by. If you're weeding your garden or something, and you've got weeds or slugs or something, you can pitch it over into the chicken tunnel, and the chickens will come over and take care of it for you. Oh, that's awesome. Because chickens love snails. Yes, they do. So I'm going to be feeding them an awful lot of snails. Because we got <laughs> snails up in the front in the, uh, in the willow tree. For some reason, the snails love the willow tree. Hmm. I wonder why. Maybe it's because willow trees need a lot of water, so they have very moist inside. Could I be. Know. I have no idea. When I was pruning a willow tree, I couldn't believe the number of snails that were in it when I was pruning it. It's like, holy <laughs> smokes, I never even noticed this tree had so many snails in it. All right. Let's talk a little bit about prepping stuff. Okay. If you're a prepper or thinking of being a prepper... Now, what is one of the things you probably should be doing some thought on? And that is, what are you going to do when the shit really starts to hit the fan and people come knocking on your door? How are you going to deal with neighbors and friends that come begging for food at your door in a crisis? 
Because they know, hey, Joe down the street, man, I remember him. He's I caught him one time hauling in caseloads of uh, of cereal into his basement one day. Hey, he's got food. <clears throat> well, what are you going to do? This is a pretty decent article. It tells you about what you want to do. One of the first things you want to do is, without hesitation, put them to work doing something. Tell them you got to start doing this right now. And their reaction to you doing that is going to tell you whether they're going to be a benefit or a hindrance to your community. Makes sense. Because if it's a person like, what do you mean you want me to do this? It's like, okay, so you obviously don't want to earn your keep. Well, I can't. I've got no use for you. Or they're going to be sure. Let's get started. Let's go get. Let's go get it going. Because they're going to react one of two ways. They're either going to be indignant that you're asking them to do something or they're going to uh, get in there and start digging in. You know, and you're going to have all kinds of people showing up, your immediate family, extended family, friends, co-workers, anyone who knows or has a hint of what you're doing. Because no matter how good a prepper you are or how quiet you are about doing your prepping, information is leaked out. You know, because you, mm-hmm. you, you make an offhand comment or something here and there. You got to remember, people remember offhand comments sometimes for years they'll remember an offhand comment you made. So you got to be Unfortunately, prepared. I think the ratio that we'll see people who are willing to work and people who are offended at being asked to work, yeah. I think the ratio is a lot different than what it used to be. I think these oh, days yeah. you're going to have more people offended and yeah. stuff. You're going to have more people offended because they're not used to working or earning their own way. They're used to getting handouts, and now they're going to be asked to or being asked to do something to get earn their keep. So make sure you've got a big enough piece of property where you can dig yourself a very large pit, because you got to have some place to put the bodies. <laughs> well, beyond the whole, um, they haven't had to earn their keep. Everyone has been taught for quite a while now that they deserve better. They deserve this. They deserve that. And because they've been taught how they deserve this and that, even though they haven't earned it yet, they're told that they have earned it simply by being who they are. And that is what is really screwing up our society. Simply by drawing oxygen out of the air, they've been told they deserve it. Yeah. All right. Now, this is something that I am definitely going to be making this summer for use in the fall and winter next year. Me too. Fire cider. I'm growing everything. My, my, I, I've got everything growing for it. I'm even gro- My ginger is growing amazingly this year. I'm doing fantastic with my ginger. So I will have my own ginger. I'll have onions coming out my ears. Well, the lemons, and that one's a little tougher because while we can grow lemons here, it's a little more work to grow lemons here. They're not very big. Well, you just got to have a tree that grows a lot of them. And they Mm. can be grown here because they can survive our winters here if you take some precautions with them. And I'm thinking about... Like wrapping them? Not just wrapping them. They have to be up against the house. You have to basically build an overhang for them so that the rain doesn't continuously pound on them and Mm. uh because i saw a video of a fellow that lives here on the south island he's got three lemon trees an orange tree you know a lime tree a couple of lime trees he's got basically a a citrus orchard up against his house and he built an overhang off of his house to cover the trees and then he put up curtain rods um, along that overhang so you could just pull these curtains when it's really cold out and he's got Christmas lights in there to help warm the space up a little bit because the trees will have sur- to be old Christmas lights 
Yes, they have to be the old ones. They can't be the new LEDs. They got to be the old Christmas lights. Yes, they're the old Christmas lights. And that's the problem of having gotten rid of all of our old incandescent bulbs and everything. You no longer have light bulbs to use for heating or easily accessible mm-hmm. ones. Although I did discover a store uh, in the Duncan area, it's a, one of those rehab stores, um, what do they call it? Um, uh, uh, Humanity House or whatever that thing is, Houses for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity. So it's their re- retail store where they sell all, a lot of the stuff that's donated to them. Mm-hmm. And they have drawers and drawers of incandescent light bulbs. Oh, cool. For a buck a piece. So at any rate, so anyway, back to the fire cider. I'm going to be making this one here because it's really easy. It's just honey, horseradish, and I'm growing the horseradish. I'm growing the jalapeno peppers. I'm growing the ginger. I'm growing the onions. And I'm growing the garlic. My only problem is the juice and the zest of the, of the lemons. And lemons are going to get real expensive for us, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they are. Sucks so, for my younger kid. She eats them like freaking oranges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're going to be expensive. But all the rest of the stuff I'm growing just fine. It's the lemons. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be experimenting, trying to grow myself some, uh, some citrus and see if I can successfully grow it, even if I grow the small trees that produce the smaller fruits. You know, you know uh, something interesting I've noticed is mm. the price of lemons has gone up dramatically, but the price of lemon juice has not. Yes, well, you can substitute lemon juice for lemons. And the big problem yeah, but, you have is the zest. You don't have the zest. But I just, I found that very interesting that the containers of lemon juice... Mm-hmm are still within 25 cents of their price from five years ago. I find yeah. that very interesting. Well, it's because of the way things are made and done. You got in the lemons. The lemons have a short shelf life. The lemon juice has a uh, two-year shelf life. Hmm. No, so. Okay. I figured the juice would have gone way up, too. Yeah, well, you'd think, but that's not always how it works. All right. You have an article on cleaning tips to reduce allergens. Yeah, uh... This is really good for people who, like me, consider every piece of palm like a little mini Death Star, meaning you have uh, allergies. Um, This is pretty decent. I mean, most of it is pretty common knowledge or, I guess, uncommon. I I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. Common sense, not common sense, whatever. A lot of people who have allergies know about a lot of these ways. Um, There are some things that are very interesting. Like, I've never heard of consigning all items exposed to household dust to plastic boxes or fully enclosed shelves. It kind of sounds a little extreme to me, but I guess if you have extreme allergies, it would be a good way to go. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these are pretty good. I mean, if you're new to taking care of your own home and you just don't have all the know-how, this is a really great checklist to go through. You don't have to do them all, but doing a bunch of them, especially at this time of year when the pollen is starting to flow a bit, it's a good idea. Yep, sounds like it. All right, herring runs. I haven't been down to the... Uh, I haven't been down to the thing to see uh, if the herring are running yet. Me either. But um, this is, like, I already knew about the salmon and how to tell the weather from the salmon, but I didn't know about herrings. It just never occurred to me to look at herring. Mm. Um, but herrings are... They're pretty good about telling about forecasting the weather. If if they're running late, it means you are still in the fall spring. 
If they are early, it means you can expect summer to be a very hot and dry summer. Mm. And there's an old saying they threw in here, which I thought was cool. You know, spring has sprung when the herring run. That's cool. That's an interesting little tidbit about herring. Didn't know that. All right. We got an article here on 10 Amish survival hacks you might not know about. Oh, I love this article. The Amish, I lived make, in Amish land for a while, so oh, sorry, I didn't or, hear you talking there. They make their own organic fertilizer. They grow their own food or purchase food in bulk if needed. Yeah, and uh, of course what they mostly produce or purchase in bulk is sugar and uh, some grains that they're not growing enough of. Because mm-hmm. growing enough grain to feed a family, even a family of four... You have to have, if you're going to grow your own wheat to, to provide for your family, say you only had a family of four or even two or three, you would need like a quarter of an acre of grain to produce enough yeah. wheat. I mean, I, I've seen some of the videos. Like I was interested in it and finding out a bit about it. And uh, there's a guy did a video where he took a garden bed that was um, 10, by, 10 by 2, which is 200 square feet, and uh, to produce to grow the wheat, to grow the wheat, to flour and pound it out. Yeah, and he did it all by hand, separating it and all the work that went into it because you won't have a threshing machine to thresh out your wheat and your kernels. And uh, by the time he was done, on that 200 by, on that 200 square foot plot, he got barely a 10, ba- 10 pound bag of flour. Yeah. Which is, that's, a, that's an awful long time. That's five months of work, you know, and, and carefully watching your crop to, to get such a minimal amount. You know, to get grains, you got to do it in massive quantities. So, Amish cooking secrets. Yeah, they use uh, wood stoves. I would love to be able to use a wood stove. And uh, so would you know, I. You know, my grandmother had one, she had a wood burning stove in her house. Up until I was uh, about a teenager when they finally replaced the wood-burning stove with an uh, electric stove. I think it would be a serious learning curve for most of us, though. It would, because you have to learn how hot it gets and where the hot spot is in your oven or the top of the stove, because it's going to have hot and cool spots. It's a serious learning curve. You know, they preserve their food. What's interesting about the Amish, of course, you hear everything all the time about, you know, careful canning. You know, if you're going to can meat, you got to use a pressure cooker, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the Amish don't use pressure cookers, but yet they still can meats and other things. Yeah, and, they boil the water. Well, the, that's the standard way. But the thing is, you have to boil for an extremely long time to can meats because it has to make sure you kill all the pathogens in there. Pressure canner does it much quicker and safer. Mm. But it's just interesting to note, you know, they create their own cleaning products. And again, vinegar, <laughs> they, they make their own apple cider vinegar, I'm sure, and other vinegars. You can make, oh, yeah. vin- you can make vinegar out of any fruit. Mm-hmm. A- any fruit makes vinegar. You know, they collect. Apples what? are a great option because they, it's, it's perfect to use the wormy apples or the apples that just aren't good enough to eat or the apples that are going bad. It's a perfect use for them all. Yeah, and the cores and the peels. I've made, I made my vinegar last year with the cores and the peels. Perfect. Um, so they use lanterns and solar power. They make their own medical supplies, you know, stuff that we've talked about here. And they use the horse and carriage mainly for transportation. You know, and they're a community. They work together. <clears throat> so I just thought that was an interesting <laughs> article. 
something I found very interesting because I lived in uh, I lived in Pennsylvania, right by Amishland, mm. and uh, and there was a woman with uh, like she she was fresh out of the hospital with a newborn babe, and in order for her to get home, she literally had to have a proper child seat that was designed and built for a car, and she had to have the child in the car seat in order to get into her buggy. Uh-huh. She, you can take the child in the buggy, but you cannot have the child outside of the car seat, which actually makes it a million times more dangerous if you are in a buggy. Yep. I just found that very interesting how ridiculous the rules are. Welcome to bureaucracies, man. Bureaucracies, yeah. bureaucracies won't let uh, common sense get in the way of their bloody rules. All right, <clears throat> let's see what else we got here before we take a bit of a quick break here. Did we miss something? Yes, we did. Edible, we plants, edible plants to forage in the early spring. Ah. This time of year, get out there and collect your edible plants, your violets, your sheep sorrel, your nettles, if you like nettles, uh, your red clover, purple dead nettles, And wild green stir fry, chickweed, fiddleheads. Fiddleheads are coming up all over the place right now. Should probably go collect some. Dandelions, they're blooming everywhere right now. Wild asparagus. Speaking of asparagus, my asparagus are up. <laughs> I'm oh, so, nice! I'm so thrilled. I've got I've got asparagus pushing their way up now. <laughs> I'll be able to harvest probably uh, maybe five to seven spears. I'll be able to harvest uh, asparagus for my steak dinner uh, in the next two weeks. Nice. I'll actually get to find out what true fresh asparagus tastes like. Mm-hmm. Ground nuts, whatever they are. Huh. I'm not sure if we have those here. Yeah. Jerusalem artichokes. I just recently harvested all mine. And now I gotta now I gotta put them into more pots so I can have more. Jerusalem artichokes are a really great item. These ones here can help you survive starving times. Nice. Because Jerusalem artichokes are prolific. Never, never, ever, ever, never, ever, without a doubt, do not plant them in your garden bed. You will re- <laughs> you will regret it. <laughs> you won't be able to dig them up because they send down a hell of a bloody taproot. They put bulbs all over their plant. And uh, you'll never get them all out, and they'll be in your garden forever. So if you, if you like them and you eat them, you can plant them once and never, ever have to plant them again. Perfect. But they are, from what I understand, I haven't tried them yet. You basically you wash them, peel them, and you cook them like a potato. So however Ice you want. Bush. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. Oh, cool. I don't know where it goes. Apparently similar to allspice. You dry and grind the berries into powder to add Mm. to your spice breads or pumpkin pie or uh, just like allspice. That's cool. Garlic mustard, wild garlic, oyster mushrooms. Wild garlic is so good. I've never managed to find wild garlic. Oyster mushrooms, they're actually pretty tasty. Just make sure you identify them really well. Know your mushrooms. 
I'm honestly scared to try picking mushrooms because we have so many here on the island. It's like, uh, it looks kind of like this mushroom, but it could also be this really deadly one that I read about. Yeah, what was sad was I was I was all prepared for taking a mushroom course that they give up the university. And I was getting re- I went to sign up for it and that's when they locked us all they started locking us all down, canceling everything. Oh. That like, sucks. Cuz I really cuz it was it was it was a course that was done in the fall. Uh, during mushroom season here, and you spent most of the time outdoors gathering and identifying mushrooms. So. Hey, before we go for our break, um, mm-hmm. under the crazy weather ground solar minimum thing, mm-hmm. I noticed you brought native elder warning about sky changes. Can we um, go through that real quick? I'm really curious. That one there is an old one, and this is a really old piece in here. Mm-hmm. You know, some let some someone decided to bring it back forward March 29, 2022. So I thought it was new information, but it's the same old video that's been kicking around for about seven or eight years. And this is the Inuit elders, and they were telling, and they started about maybe ten or fifteen years ago, maybe slightly longer than that. But they start talking about. Um, the Inuit elders are saying that the North Pole is no longer, the stars are not in the same, are in the proper place anymore. The native elders of the Arctic have sent out a warning okay. to NASA and the world. The Inuit elders of the Arctic have been saying that the world is changing, and they can tell this because of the way that the land and weather is acting. They've said that even things like their food supply isn't acting how it used to, and that increased flooding is coming into their communities and ruining their homes. The sun has also been observed way off its normal point in regards to the horizon. Wow, this guy is Some so dramatic. Some said they used the night sky as a way of helping them with direction. Yep. But now even the alignments in the sky are off. They have warned scientists and researchers that something big is happening to planet Earth. And interestingly, this was even backed up by scientists recently. With them saying that within the last 25 years, Earth has been knocked off its axis. Sheng Sheng Deng from the Institute of Geographic Sciences and Na- All right, you'll want to watch this whole video. <coughs> it's eight minutes long. Yeah. But they also go into this video and they start talking about like the Inuit when they're traveling across the across the tundra, the Arctic tundras, they use wind direction to help them know where to go. And they judge wind direction by the way the snow piles. The Makes snow sense. it's been piling in different directions. Kind of like how we've been experiencing the wind direction change here. Yeah, wind directions, and then, of course, the stars not being in the proper alignment anymore means that they can't navigate by the night sky anymore. You know, um, it's a whole lot of things are off, and the Inuit elders have noticed it because that's their life. That's how they survive, is they survive by understanding the elements. Because if they don't mm-hmm. understand the elements in, in the North Pole or the Arctic zone, you die. Because the elements up there are not very friendly. Unlike no, he- they're not. Unlike here, where you can sort of be wrong and still survive, but you get further north and where it's cold and it's cold for most of the year, it's it's life or death. So, at any rate, I thought it was an interesting uh, video when I first when I first watched it, and interesting information because the Inuit elders are talking about the problems that are coming. So. And Did I just see that? Was that a penis? It might have been. 
I really have no idea. My goodness. It's like the ads that are on some pages are downright uh, horrendous. All right, let's take a bit break. I need to empty my squirrel bladder, top up my drink, and we shall go with this one. is not good what crazy weather forecast may is cooler on the wet coast we don't want that yes it is going to be cooler on the west coast unfortunately we don't want that i want a nice i want a nice mild <laughs> mild spring to warm so i can get more plants in the ground sooner yeah unfortunately we are in the area where we're going to get a little bit cooler weather but it's not going to be like super detrimental not this year. I have a feeling that it's going to be cooler this year and it's going to be cooler for the next like 
wild. Next, uh, I'm not sure how many years it's going to be cooler for, but eventually it's going to get to the point where we're going to have to have uh, uh, greenhouses over top of a lot of our plants that need warmer weather, I think. Mm. Well, I guess I better get to building the ones I have to build. All right. Well, that sucks. All right. The Northern Lights, what are they? They're Mother Nature dressing up and showing <laughs> off. Sort of. I mean, I wondered what the Northern Lights were when I was a kid. I didn't understand the answer at that age, but now I understand. It is the sun, and the sun is sending out a, like, basically an arm. It's a solar storm. And yes. what we're seeing is the representation of the solar storm in our sky. Yeah, it's the electromagnetic interference with our own... Uh our own ion ionosphere, which is why we mm -hmm. are in such danger right now. If you follow ADAPT 2030, he talks about it all the time about that. And of course, this summer is when we move in, we start moving into the uh, new, um, the new um, um, gravity field of our four gas giants. Yep. I mentioned that last year, I think that yep. we're going to be moving into it this year. Yeah, we talk, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about it since pretty much the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't, and we, uh, it's uh, going to create some interesting issues. Yes, it is. And, that's, and it affects our weather in many ways. People seem to think, oh, us humans, we're burning all our fossil fuels. You're damaging the environment. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no. That great big I mean, giant orb in the sky, which you compare it to Earth, it's like um, comparing an orange to... The head of a pen. <laughs> the sun is that much difference in size to us. And if you don't think that big orange, that or, big old orange orb in the sky has an impact on us, you're crazy. Well, thanks to my older daughter and the uh, project she did last year, I think it was last year, um, she did this project on the sun. And she was able to find all this information about how the sun is going into, like, uh, solar minimum and she was able to figure out that if it wasn't for the fact that the sun was basically going into hibernation right now then the north and south poles switching as it is would cause a serious issue for us it would essentially burn us all alive but because we're heading into the solar minimum time that is the only reason why we're able to have our north and south poles changing the way they are and not burn alive it's probably the only, time they, it's probably the only hmm? time they do change too because they only change. You know, that's probably you know, true. Only change during a week, also. A, a weaker magnetic uh, field. Because mm -hmm. the sun. But it's very interesting. The sun's magnetic field affects us, and so since it's getting weaker, our magnetic field gets weaker. And you need the weaker field for it to flip. Yep. Yeah, they're expecting that flip, and that's part of that's part of the story of uh, of the guy that uh, I wish hadn't made all this stuff private. But uh, yeah. part of the story he told was because the magnetic fields are chasing towards each other, they're going to be meeting, which is where the flip happens. Um, the southern the southern one has been moving up towards um, South America, and the northern one has been moving over across to Europe and down towards Southern Europe. And when they get close enough together is when they flip. Just like any magnet. Mm-hmm. Makes yep. sense. It's a, it was really quite an interesting thing to read about and what's happening. All right. Strange lights having to do with ice crystals. What do we got here? 
Where are you seeing that? Well, it's down here. On oh, strange light. Okay, there we go. Really, really cool things to bring here. You should have gone with the first one because it was sent in by a listener. Yeah, I've read that article. I thought it was a bunch of bullshit. All right, we'll go with that one here. A new world order is coming. It cannot cope with the flexibility of capitalism. It's not a very well done article. It's rather boring. And it's boring, uh, but it's interesting the way that the writer manages to bring in not just Russia, but Russia and China and mm -hmm. EU and Germany. Like, he manages to bring them all in. And he's talking about how a bigger shift is coming, and it's all due to the political world changes and ideologies. Gullet. Essentially, he's saying that uh, everyone in these countries, especially, are being given the choice of two ideologies. And so long mm -hmm. as they're choosing the correct one, it's all yeah. good. Mm -hmm. But these ideologies are causing such a big issue. I found it, it may not be very well written, it may be kind of boring, but it is a very interesting article in the sense that if you read between the lines, you see a lot of truth coming out. And the fact that it made it into the, into the M5M, hmm. I find that interesting as well because usually things that have sentences, like a great order is being imposed upon the world and it is an order that cannot cope with the flexibility that the free movement of capital imposes upon it, mm -hmm. normally it doesn't make it into the M5M. Yes, well, it's a simple fact that, you know, that you cannot stop capitalism because even communist Russia, with all of its stuff, and communist China, the black market appears. That's capitalism. Oh, yeah. You know, definitely. You can't stop capitalism because people will want to survive and they will do anything they can to survive. Mm -hmm. So you can't stop it. And no matter how much controls they put on it, it never, it never goes away. And then eventually the communism and stuff is overthrown. So, all right, let's go back. That's to back to the strange lights. Back to the um, strange lights. This was an interesting one that I saw and I decided to bring it forth. What the experts are saying is that it has to do with ice crystals, these strange lights in the sky that people are seeing because <laughs> all over the world these strange Marsh gas. lights have been seen. Marsh gas. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And uh, so I find it interesting to... that most people are actually accepting that it's just ice crystals in the sky. Well, you know, that's the, that's the, uh, the sheeple, man. You know, sheeple will accept anything. <laughs> No, I don't know like if, if it's you play that so much, if you play that video some... right there. You don't need the sound or anything, but it shows you this one of the strange lights so you can actually see what people are seeing all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it is that's not, you know, just ice crystals in the sky. That's that's just something else. Yeah. I find it very interesting. I love the fact that people are getting it on video, people are catching it in pictures, and they're able to share it, because it makes it more, mm -hmm. just makes it more. I can't really think of the right words for it, but I, I love the fact that I can find all these videos and pictures now. Cool. All right, let's see why men don't live as long. Because men are the kind of people who figure this kind of thing out uh, we, as soon we, as it loads. We like to build our own death traps. <laughs> uh, not this. This is just their commercial thing that they always throw up there. Yes, yes, I know. We like to build our own depth traps. We are we we men. We men are stupid. <laughs> so the video should be. There we go. 
Yes, yeah, taking his time loading. It always takes his time loading. Yep, this is a man building his own death trap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty cool, though. <laughs> and of course, Elon Musk says, "Don't try this at home." <laughs> yeah. Yes, man. We build our own death traps. There's other. There's all kinds of other yep. really cool memes out there on the internet. It's like it's like the guys who have a lift truck and then they put a a, a wobbly a wobbly board leading to a house and they're rolling a refrigerator across it to a upper floor oh, dear. apartment. <laughs> it's like, you know, men are men are. We we just figure this shit out. We think, oh, I can do that and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, men are special. <laughs> yeah, that's that's men. We just like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Although many scientific discoveries have been made thanks to men and their oddness. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, let's go see. We need to. Good night, left nut. Let's see mm -hmm. what this is here. Yeah, this one. It's supposed to be funny. No, John Stewart I just, hasn't I don't been funny see for very the funny. long. He hasn't been funny for a very long time, and he really hates white people. He really does, which is yeah. really interesting. Well, he's a Jew. He's not white. He's Jewish. <laughs> he, he states that all the time. He's Jewish. He's not white. He's Jewish. This is, this is obviously from his uh, new... Calling Kettle Black. This is obviously from... No, he's Jewish, man. He's not white. He's Jewish. Hot Calling Kettle Black. Yeah. All right. There you go. This is probably from his new show. And thus, the problem with white people. Oh, all right, yeah! <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to stop for a second and, and pose so you can get your memes out. Okay, there we go. Get a good picture for your clickbaits. For however sincerely we want to reckon and listen, the truth is America has always prioritized white comfort over black survival. Black Brain melting. have had to fight so hard for equality that they've been irreparably set back in the pursuit of equity. And any real attempt to uh, repar rep repair a <laughs> ton of that damage. Oh, fuck. Reparation. Yeah. Sets off white people's they're coming for our shit alarm. Which we would know ourselves had we actually been listening. My feeling is white people have a very, very serious problem. And they should stop thinking about what they can do about it. Take me out of it. Understood. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I didn't see it until I brought forth. I think I brought this last week, but we didn't cover it. And it's just... Uh, it really? Is, and it, also, I loved his flub there, because it sounded like he was saying reprimand, and he had to fix himself twice before no, he got the right he, word. He was pretending he was, was going to say reparation, and then he flipped it to repair. He was trying to be funny, and he's not so funny. And then he and then he snuck into reparations and it's like I'm sorry you know. This is a country that was built for Europeans, 
It was not built, even Canada, United States, Canada. They were, it was built for Europeans. It was not built for the black peoples, Africans. It wasn't built for the First Nations who the land was both robbed, swindled, and, uh, and uh, conquered from. Um, it wasn't built for um, Asians, anyone else. It was built for the Europeans, the European stock, and is a simple thing. You know, well, another aspect, too, is the First Nations won it from the Vikings, who were here before the First uh, Nations. No, so, no, no, no. Oh, no. there are, there are uh, historical, there, there is historical proof that the First Nations ended up taking it from Viking stock. We're not sure if they're actually Vikings, but according to, the, well, they, to what has be, been found, there have been remains of Vikings that are much older than remains of First okay. Nations. Uh, I'll, I'll grant that, but that'd only be on the East Coast. The Vikings, the, mm, the Vikings probably, the Vikings probably never made it to the West Coast. Okay? That's true. Because it would have been, it, they, they, there's a possibility, but it's very slim that they would have sailed down around the South African Cape, the, uh, um, the South African Cape, or South American okay. Cape, and then come back up the West Coast. It's very slim chance they would have done that <clears throat> at the time. Well, they, no, they it's mostly down the southern west coast of yeah. U.S. that yeah. the it, Viking skeletons have been found. East coast. No, and west coast. There, like what I'm saying is, here on the west coast, there have been south. There have been Viking yeah. skeletons that are older than First Nation skeletons found in the okay. west coast, but it's mostly in the southern area of. The U.S. Okay, well, I'd, I'd love to see that information because that information has never come across my come across uh, me. I'll have see, to dig it up. I, I would love to see that one because I do know about the East Coast to to an extent, yeah. and I've never gone into that one. But the biggest thing here is um, Kennewick, Kennewick Man, who was found in Washington State on the Kennewick River. They went to extremes to bury that skeleton, that corpse. And I mean that both literally and figur figuratively, because it Kennewick showed Kennewick Man. Uh, it was. He I was don't know what that is. He was found on the Kennewick River, and okay. when they first found him, he was shown to be of European stock, and dating. He predated the earliest First Nations here by ten to twenty thousand years. Hmm. Okay. So you do have a point there, but they went to extremes to bury that information, prevent further studies, tests, court fights, battles, and eventually, um, due to the Indian Reparations Act that was that was created shortly before he was found, they he ended up going back to a First Nation group. Say, so yes, he was our ancestor. Well, yeah, I'm sure he was your ancestors, but now what your problem is is you're trying to say that you were solely here as the first nation stock that you are now. And there was no previous mixture of stock in your bloodlines. You know, you're saying that there was never European stock. Well, they've, they've done lots of tests and studies to find that the West coast has stocks that are, are from Asian descent and some European, the Eastern, the Eastern Americas are a lot of European stock, European descent. I mean, one of the big ones that nobody ever talks about is the Cherokee Nation. 
You know, mm. you know, you know why? You know, granted, a lot of Cherokees were kicked out on the uh, Cherokee Trail, but one of the reasons why it was it was in vogue for oh, my ancestor was a Cherokee princess, blah blah blah, because when the Cherokee Nation reestablished themselves and started to become um, profitable, for lack of a better word, they became a better nation. They started to do well. People wanted to join it. Now you had to prove your Cherokee heritage. Well, a good third or more of the Cherokee peoples never registered as Indians. What they did, because Cherokee, it's not uncommon in a Cherokee nation to be of blonde hair, blue-eyed, and fair-skinned, which means they blended in with the Europeans who were coming over. And that's Makes what sense. a lot of them did was they just blended in and joined the Europeans and became part of the European community. My partner's history, like his family history, is Viking and Cherokee. So mm. a lot of the Viking information yeah. that I've learned about has actually... Yeah. So there's a good chance that the Vikings it. that came over bred with the uh, peoples that were here and created the uh, Cherokee Nation. Makes sense. So, because, you know... So, so, you see, there's a lot, and there's so many things, and this is all part of the history of the world that they, they don't want to admit to, because everyone wants to be the victim. Everyone wants to be the person, the oppressed person. Somebody's got to be oppressed. We need our oppression here so we can get better than everyone else. It's like, why don't we just talk about the fact that the world is a mixed up, a mixed up mess of peoples? We're all mutts. Mm -hmm. The sooner people admit that, the sooner we can drop these ridiculous yeah. separation, well, separating differences. If it wasn't for the mutts, we wouldn't have strong genetics. Exactly. You want to see, see what pure blood genetics do? Go look at what happened to purebred dogs. Look what happens to them. Now that we're like, you know, some of the purebred dogs when I was a kid, they were very strong genetically, but they kept them pure. And now some of those purebred dogs, such as, let's go with golden retrievers. A purebred golden retriever suffers from um, hip dysphoria, a genetic disease that, that impacts almost every golden retriever. Hip dysplasia. Or look at, look at Dalmatians. Dalmatians... Yeah. Uh, they became a very popular dog to get after 101 Dalmatians came out. But so many people ended up giving these dogs to the pound because they have so many medical issues. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing is when you, get pure, when you get a pure genetic strain and you don't introduce new genetics in there, problems crop up. There's communities in the world where they have a, a complete inbreds and they have all sorts of genetic uh, problems in them. So, you know, we need genetic diversity. Genetic diversity is what allows uh, humans to advance and grow. So, all right. Let's go talk into, well, we don't really have much on the Rona. Oh, we do have Rona stuff, but uh, here we go. We've got some pushback for Canadian pushback on the Rona. We, I need to bring some of those new Rona songs I heard from the No Agenda this last week. <laughs> There's some really cool ones in there. Let's go with this one here, short and sweet.
Friday. Alberta's chief medical officer has been grilled over the last week and a half. Sued, actually. Oh, come on. Click. There it goes. <laughs> it's taking its sweet time there. Well, this is probably good news. Well, it is because they're bringing out more and more stuff about what's happening. And they're trying to uh, call them to task for all of their stuff. Just like both we and the No Agenda have been saying for over a year, almost two years now. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel happier when they shave their heads and make them watch that walk, march <laughs> down the street naked. But we, we're not going to get that, unfortunately. That's uh, probably, if, if it does happen, it probably won't happen until about 2027. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, they're, they, they're calling the, calling them out, called the, uh, uh, Hinshaw, which is the uh, chief medical officer over in Alberta for all their lies of blaming the death of a 14 year old on COVID when he actually died of brain cancer. You know, mm. you know, they've, uh, filed for an injunction against Alberta's in restrictions, you know, um, Time frame of challenges. The suits one of one of many currently ongoing against the federal and provincial governments over violations of the charter of charter and other rights under COVID. You know, so there's a lot of lawsuits going on here. You know, and of course they're backtracking. There was some really good stuff here. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, here you go. You know, their questioner about, you never told Albertans they could reduce their risk of COVID by reducing the amount that they ate. You never said, you know, what would really help out? You really keep up your health if you get your weight under control. You know, because, of yep. course, obesity was a major contributing fa factor in COVID hospitalizations. So they never told them that sort of thing. You know, pay attention to your health, That's folks. because obesity, obesity is no longer considered a uh, health issue. No, it's 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 celebrated. I mean, just look at I I can't even look at uh, um, the uh, Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit edition anymore. There's no pretty women in it, man. There's whales with strings tied to them. Oh my goodness! And seriously, I was like, the first time I saw, I said, really? No, no, no. How how could they destroy what was the most anticipated issue of Sports Illustrated by every <laughs> every red-blooded heterosexual male on the planet? Because they brought in the best-looking models for that. Now they bring in whales with strings tied on them. There is a difference between larger women and obese women. No, there, 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 no, there's, there's curvy women that have actual curves, and maybe that's a what I call larger women. Because larger no. women, they, they, they still are in proportion. They yeah. still look good. Yeah. But then there's obese, where, yeah. well, they should probably walk. No, yeah. You know, it's like there's this is a really interesting one here. Now, from this article here, there was another link. It seems our Dr. Bonnie Henry here in BC has been ordered to stand trial, but unfortunately, not until next year. Oh. You know, they managed to put it off for that long. Yeah, they've managed to put it off for that long. Starts. Uh, it starts in uh, 2023, April 17, 2023. So mm. next year at this time. It's a, 20, it's a 40-day trial, and they're going to be trying her for all of the crap she did. Hopefully, some of it sticks. You can only hope. Well, it could be really good for her, or it could be really bad for her, because that also offers an entire year worth mm. of research they can bring to the fore. 
Yeah, well, that's pretty much it. So anyway, but the point being here is there is some pushback in Canada, which is slowly making its way through the courts at the speed of fucking government. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Good that's happening. Shitty that, you know, it's yeah. working at the speed of government. But yep. at least it's happening. At least it's happening. So other than that, we really don't have much. You know, there's the, there's the rumors here and there. Some places wanting to bring back the mask mandates. We're finally free in B.C. They took away the thing. I can finally go out to a bar and have a beer once mm-hmm. again. So I think I'll do that next week just because I can. I had a place that I like going to that served pretty decent chicken wings and uh, and beer for cheap. <clears throat> There's a new place that opened up over by my place, and uh, Sean and I decided to go there, and you can literally get a lamb burger with cool. really good fries cool. for less than $18. Cool. That's pretty decent. For a lamb burger? Oh, my goodness. It is half a pound burger. It is amazing. I was All expecting, right. like, one of those really thin, crappy patties, but no, it was, like, half pound and amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's some really good stuff out of there. All right, let's go talk a little bit about the Build Back Better. A better day, believe it, be ready, be the one. A bastion of our beauty, befriending everyone. Blossoming around us, boldness of the brave, pushing aside an open mind to be like everyone. Build that better, bend down on bending knee. Bear the brunt of all the burdens, like broken ones should be. Build with blinded loyalty. Back the better ones than you For a better life beyond your freedom Build back better For someone else There you go. Build back better. The Great Reset is upon us, folks. We got a lot of crap in this. <clears throat> it really, really is. It's it's showing up more and more in the last couple of weeks. Now that Now that they're done crushing everything... You know, two years of crushing everything, destroying the supply lines. Now it's time to build back better. Get the new world Don't forget order. destroying the mom-pop shops that we only have big giants to choose from. Yes, well, that's part of the build back better plan. you got to crush out the entrepreneurs. got to crush out the people that are doing it for themselves. You need them to be dependent upon the system. Can't have individuals, can't have independent thinkers, can't have free-thinking people out there. Planned starvation. Grain deliveries by rail to be partially halted. Devastating dairy herds and meat operations nationwide. And this was across the United States. How do you partially halt a delivery? Well, they just don't ship them all, all the cars. <clears throat> oh, okay. They're, the rail carriers are currently declaring force majeure. Canceling contracts on their obligations to deliver hundreds of thousands of rail cars of bulk grains to cattle and dairy operations across America. So 
What this means, of course, is they're not delivering the grains to all the feed yards where the cattle and pigs and chickens and everything are raised. And, of course, I didn't bring all the stuff about the, uh, about the um, chicken flu, the, the poultry flu that's been going around. That one there, I should have brought some stuff on that. But, no, I, I brought that to the show last week, and we talked about the poultry flu thing yeah. that had killed off yeah. uh, like two-thirds of all the poultry. Funny thing is, as I've got more information on that in the last week. Do you know okay. what? Do you know what test they're using for testing for the H5BN1 or whatever it's called, flu? Uh, the PC PCR. Yes, that overly that dependent, PCR. that overly dependent and absolutely accurate test that they were using to determine who had the COVID. Yeah, you can even tell when a banana has the COVID. It's oh, I amazing. Know. I know, but the the point being <laughs> is they're using a test that is known to be fixed to where well we want <laughs> we want to we want to kill off this guy's herd. Test one chicken, find that find the H five N avian flu there, and um, let's kill his whole herd because the flu isn't killing the herds. They're euthanizing these these flocks of chicken because. One or two birds supposedly has the flu. So they have to kill the whole flock. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't okay. make any sense. Well, it does when you think about what they're doing. The planned starvation. What I mean is if you use actual logic, it doesn't make sense. Well, no, However, no. if you follow the plan that they are following, it makes yeah. total sense. It makes total sense their plan. Logic-wise, no. Logic doesn't even come into the fucking uh, paradigm here. <laughs> We haven't had logic in our paradigm for years. In the last two years, logic has become an endangered, endangered species. Okay. So <laughs> at any rate, on to this grain, uh, grain uh, shortage. This grain shortage is going to do one interesting thing because these people who raise the cows, the um, pigs, and the goats, and the other animal, the animal meats, the meat's going to get really cheap for a short time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be an overabundance because these people are going to have to sell off their herds because it's the only way they'll be able to you know, make a few bucks off of it to sell the herd and they'll sell it cheap and that meat will wake its way through the market cheap. So we'll have an overabundance of cheap meat. So if you've got lots of freezer space, buy the cheap meat, stock up. Because what's going to happen is shortly thereafter, after the cheap meat makes its way through the market, meat's going to double, triple, quadruple in price. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is something that's coming, and it just started. It is just starting out right now. It started out last week, I think, this article's from last week. Yeah, April 6th. So, so this is just happening. Okay, so you got to be prepared for this, folks, and uh, be prepared for the sudden shortages in meat that is going to be, I say, three months, because it'll take three months to work all this meat through the system, get it sold out, and then the prices, there'll be a sudden shortage of meat. And then they'll blame it on Russia. Of course. Somehow it'll be Russia's fault. <laughs> I'm not sure how they'll do that, but it'll be Russia's fault. <laughs> all right. Thinking of Russia... A good segue here. How the war in Europe is going to affect the U.S. economy. And for some reason, this was these, but I don't. It's one of those ones where <coughs> there it is. You know that sneeze that just gets there and you just can't get it to 
Get rid of it? Just sneeze. It doesn't want to grow up and leave home. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. So this uh, war in Russia is going to impact our economies. And we say the U.S. economy. We, we're talking about Canadian economy, too, here in Canada. Cause our Essentially econ- all of North America. All of North America. And, of course, they blame the gas prices on Russia, which, well, we've hardly ever imported ga- uh, Russia, uh, ga- gas from Russia to begin with, so I don't know where that came from. It was just a good way to gouge us. <laughs> I noticed the price, they gouged us up to like $2.10 a liter, and now it's back down to $1.84. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that the price has gone back down, although I expect it to go up again since it's Easter weekend. Yeah, well, probably. So, at any rate... <clears throat> What they talk about in this article here is the inflation growth, which, of course, is happening at an exponential rate right now, the supposed energy crisis, and the energy crisis should be more impacted on uh, Western or Eastern Europe, Western Europe, than it will be anyone else, because most of the gas and oil that uh, Russia exported went to Europe. It didn't come to Canada or the United States. A very tiny percentage came here. The biggest thing it's going to impact us, though, is on um, food stocks, because out of Russia, Ukraine came about 30 percent of the world's uh, grains. And that includes wheat, corn, barley. um, I can't remember the other millets, but uh, sunflower. That's the other one. Sunflower, sunflower oil. A vast majority of our sunflower oil came out of, uh, of Ukraine. And, of course, they're not planting crops right now. They're too busy fighting a pointless war. You know, if this was a, say, we'll we'll go with a different timeline or a different world, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if the reasoning behind all of this was just slightly different, then it would actually be a good thing. But because the reasoning behind this is what it is, it's very frustrating. Like, if the reasoning was... We want to make our own countries more self-sufficient, so we're going to stop taking things from other countries, and we're going to focus on our own country's capability to feed itself and keep everything in our own country rather than getting from other countries. That'd be good, Mm -hmm. but that's not all what's happening. It's like they're destroying all of our capability to get this stuff, but not creating the capability to create it for ourselves. It's really frustrating. Supposedly it's going to... Undermine cybersecurity? Well, yes and no. It will. We'll know what we'll we'll know when that happens. But one of the biggest things, and this is a, a thought I had recently about the cybersecurity issue, they're trying to build a tracking system to track all of humans and track all of our money and everything else. That system will have to be built on the internet. Yeah, it, it can't be done any other way. So that means they have to keep the internet and everything running. Now, granted, they'll yeah. figure out ways to control access to all this stuff, but it's never there's never it's never complete for it. So, uh, I had a thought on that. If we and, fall into a real war, then that will make it all that much easier to completely detrimate or decimate a country. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Now, one of the things that's happening here under this Great Reset is the out-of-control of inflation is absolutely eviscerating the rapidly shrinking middle class in North America. 
This was actually something I was talking about with my kids earlier was the removal of the middle class. Yeah, they need the middle class gone. The elites mm -hmm. want two classes. They want the elites and they want the poor. They don't want anyone in between because the in-betweeners are the ones that think, do, um, create, all that stuff. They don't want that. They want the elites to do all that. They want it to be much much like the Dark Ages where you had the, uh, the kings and the uh, aristocracy and you had the poor people. They had two classes. And that was it. So, the servants and, and the masters. Yeah, servants and the masters. Now, see, in this article here, it talks about Venezuela's thriving middle class. And Venezuela did have a thriving middle class. And when this occurred, I wasn't, I wasn't awake yet. It's not, I, my brain hadn't yet tossed off all of the programming that I had been giving growing up. And going back to college, you know, because Venezuela started, started changing in around 2000, somewhere around there. I don't know if they say it in here. No, uh, it was somewhere in the early uh, early 2000s, late 90s is when Venezuela started changing when uh, Chavez was uh, elected to office. As they say, you can elect in communism, but you have to fight your way out of it. And Venezuela... So far as I understand, once communism takes hold, you never get out of it. Oh, you do. You can. It takes a massive civil war, a true, yeah. honest-to-God civil war, and an execution of every single person who's involved in it. Without, without missing one, you have to do them all. There's been a couple of countries that have done it. Russia didn't quite okay. do that. There's been a couple of countries that have done it, but not very many. It's a hard thing to do. But at any rate, Venezuela, the hyperinflation, which we're getting very close to hyperinflation right now. Mm -hmm. you know, hyperinflation is created because the money printer Gober, which has been doing for the last two years, both in Canada and the United States, they've been printing money left, right, and center. Well, they don't actually print it now. They just digitally, they go to the computer and they go, money. Okay, money. Mm -hmm. and they, run their, they run their hands across the fucking number pad. And whatever number ends up after they type it 30 times is the uh, digits of money that's now created. Sounds about right. Yeah, well, the problem is, is you have more money chasing fewer goods. That's what causes hyperinflation. People don't seem to understand what causes inflation. It's when you have more money than there is goods for sale, prices go up and they go up and they go up and they think, oh, problem solved. Here's more money. Yeah, no, more money doesn't help because there's only a set amount of goods. If you had 10 loaves of bread to sale and day one it was a dollar, you know, and maybe you only sold one, now you have nine loaves of bread and they printed more money because the dollar was too much. Now it's $2 for it. And it just continues to exponentially grow like that until it wipes out the middle class who can't afford it anymore and end up poor in the streets. The, the, the elites, they don't care what it costs because they have shitloads of money because they're the ones printing it. So they buy it all up. So at any rate, this is a really interesting article. You know, it talks about, you know, nearly two thirds of all Americans are currently living paycheck to paycheck. You know, that's up mm. from 50%. You know, home prices. Well, anyone who's been looking at a home in the last two years has seen what happened. Home prices have gone. ridiculous prices right now. They've gone in the Have been since the summer. Um, last year. 
Yeah. Uh, it started. It started in the summer of 2020, just after the uh, COVID, and everybody realized they needed to get the fuck out of the city. As soon but as at people... the same time, it didn't really take off until last summer. Yeah, was it last summer we were looking at houses? It was. Oh God! It seems like it was this summer. It seems like it was two years ago. Maybe it was last year. Yeah, it was. Like... It was last year. It was crazy. It feels like it's been like five years just yeah. since last summer, but it's only been like six months. Yeah, I remember. It's like it's, it's insane. But yeah, I remember. It's like I was previously looking at them. I went and got pre-qualified for a mortgage and blah blah blah. And there was a crap load of houses available in my price range. I made appointments to go see those houses. Real estate agent called me a week later and said they're all sold. And I went, what? How could they all be sold? That's not possible. It's never happened before that they were all sold. And companies snapping it up. Well, it's not just it's companies, but also people, people and companies. So it's it's a little bit of both. The coast, the companies yeah. are out buying people as much as they can. But even like when we went to Tehasis, that middle of nowhere place that was two hours off the beaten path, one hour of logging road to get to, you know. I was looking at their prices recently. God, I was sort of kicking myself. I should have bought one of those houses for $79,000 <laughs> at that time. And now they're selling for $190,000. It's kind of amazing. In Tehasis, $190,000. Yeah. It's the middle of fucking nowhere. It's bumfuck Egypt. It's got, it's got no, no cable internet. It's got cable TV. Oh, it does have cable internet. Very slow cable internet. It's got cable internet from like 2005, which is slow cable internet. And it's what you would expect out in the bayou. It's what you expect out there. You would want, you would want Starlink. You'd want, you'd want space, yeah. uh, space internet. But um, it's like in the middle of nowhere. It's like you are, you are on your own there. It's got one power line running in that runs through the forest. And if any tree topples it, it takes them several weeks to repair it. You know, it's got a logging road, which probably isn't plowed very well in the winter, which means it's it, what, what takes you an hour to drive, what takes you two hours to drive to the nearest town for supplies in the summer will take you three or four hours to drive in the winter. You know, because it was a really rough logging road. That was, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, I kind of wish you had bought it, honestly, but. You know, well, now that I think about it, it's like, I could have hung on to it for a year, sold it. And, but at any rate, it just, it, just, it just wasn't truly in the cards at the time. Because it just didn't no. feel it didn't feel right, but the point being is, it's like it's insane. House prices are insane. Now here's another one here. If food production stops, which they seem to be working real hard at produce uh, stopping it, humanity has nothing to eat in ninety days. And this is probably more true than people think it is. So true, because we have that whole last minute thing going on. Not just last minute. Last thing. minute, last minute delivery. It's like people or companies will order things for uh, they'll, they'll order it like twice a month, and they get two weeks of deliver uh, two weeks worth of delivery, mm -hmm. and they get twice a month. So well, it's it's I think it's referred to as last minute delivery. Um, yeah, on time delivery or something like that. Um, something like that. I can't remember what it's called, but. What they talk, talk about in this article here is that if global food production stopped, in other words, the farming stopped, the slaughterhouses stopped, we are 90 days away from starvation. Which so, we're already seeing in some states. We are already seeing that in some places. Let's see if we got an article. I got some links in this article here. I could sworn this one here. 
Uh, yeah, food riots right here in Peru. In Peru, the food riots have already started. Not overly surprising. That's a food riot going on in Peru. <laughs> Notice the selfies. Everyone's got their smartphone. <laughs> no food. <laughs> I do love the irony of that. <laughs> so, they are beginning. Riot frequency and food inflation. The hunger grains invasion will impact more than Ukraine. Absolutely. Food riots will occur, and they'll start in the poorer countries because they're the ones that get that get food last. You know, fortunately, yeah. fortunately, you know, North America here, we're one of the wealthier countries. We can we can import a little bit more for a little while. You know, granted, we grow a lot of grains here, but what will happen, it'll happen much like happened during the uh, famines of uh, Europe. And that the uh, it was it wasn't just Europe. It was the uh, Irish famine. OK. And most people heard about the Irish famine. They called it the potato famine because they couldn't grow potatoes. Yeah. Well, that was only, that's only the story they give is not growing potatoes. You know, because... I it, thought the potato famine was about, was called the potato famine because the potato was all that they could grow and they had to figure out how to survive on no, just potatoes. No, no, no. There's more to it than that. They were able to grow grains and other things, but the grain shipments had to be accompanied by a regiment of army an army regiment to protect them. And what Which was happening... Which also makes sense. Everybody loves bread. Well, what was, what was happening, though, was they were, they were growing the food, but they weren't keeping it for their people. They were offered mm. more money for it in another part of Europe, so they were shipping it off. Yeah. Which is what's happening now in many grain-growing areas. They're, instead of keeping it for themselves, they're shipping it to the highest bidder, which is, oh, shit, what's the country's... Uh, Argentina, one of the biggest grain producers in the world. They, they stopped shipments to China because they needed to keep it for themselves, you know. But for a while, they, they got them, their stocks really low because they were shipping it off to China. When China, China currently owns 60% of the stored grains right now in the world. And we're talking all the grains, not just yeah. wheat. We're talking wheat, corn, rice, barley, all the grains. China's, China's sitting on 60% of it, or they were sitting on 60% of it at the beginning of this year. So... You know, but this is an interesting article here that we only have a three-month supply. It does fall in line with your local grocery store. Literally, only has three days of food in it for for its current for its population area that shops there. You know, there's a part of me that keeps thinking that our entire human race would do what what we're kind of due for a large calamity. Like, there's a part of me that thinks that if we had an EMP go off, it would do our human race a lot of freaking good. But at the same time, it's like the shit that we would have to deal with until we manage to pull ourselves back up onto our feet. It's, it's going to suck. Yeah. All right. I really Let's... can't help but think that we we could probably do with a large calamity like an EMP going off. Yeah, we could. All right, and one last thing from the Great Reset. Members of Congress are now using words like famine and starvation to describe what is coming. Which means that it is already too late. It's already happening, and the only yeah. reason why they're willing to 
is because it's already happening and we can really do about it now. That's right. So if you haven't already stocked up, stock up, folks. You know, try to get as much food as you can in your stocks. Three months is good. Six months is better. One year is fantastic. Two years, three years, as much as you can possibly stock. You want to have a year or two if you can do it so that you can ride through the worst of the storm for your family. You just better be quiet about your stock. And one of the things you have to do, we've covered it in the past. I don't have the articles now. But one of the biggest things you have to do is you have to blend in. When starvation happens and you have food to feed yourself, you will stand out in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Okay. What you have to do is you have to lower your calorie count to a just above starvation level to the energy levels you need to get all your work done. But you don't want to eat in abundance to where you're carrying a lot of extra, extra fat, especially in your face. Because you can't hide your face. You can hide most of the rest of your body by wearing baggy clothes. Wearing, wearing slightly oversized clothes. Clothes that are one size too large for you. It'll make you appear like you're underweight. You want to blend in because people will notice if you look well fed. And they will start to come around and bug you. Or flat out rob you. You know, yes. ra raid your house. You will stand out. You will have to pay attention to that. And that is a major thing. You will want to blend into what, whatever your neighbors look like. You need to look like them to some extent. You can be slightly better off than they are, you know, but you have to be at the point where they can't quite discern what it is. But the vast you know, majority we should, of the... We should probably bring uh, How to Be a Gray Man article back to the show. Yep. How to be a gray man. Well, we should probably get more than just that because a lot of that gray man article stuff is all about how to move through a city when you're trying to escape it. Yeah, That's true. But I mean, like articles like that, we should probably bring those forth and make them a permanent part of our notes at some point. Yeah. How to be how to be a gray man. You're right. That should probably be, be in here because you're going to want to you're going to want to blend in as much as you can, you know, because you're going to have to to survive. And it's going to be survival of the fittest. We're, the survival of the fittest is coming back really soon. All right. So we've got, uh, I don't want to have the show go too late tonight because I need to figure okay. out how to get some sleep. Well, then uh, let's head down to the kids' TikToks. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just scrolling down through a couple of things here to see what we got. Yeah, we Most can. of it is just stuff that, you know, it can wait till next week. It's not stuff that needs to be talked about this week. Mm -hmm. I got I to gotta go check on the Hopi Blue Star because the Blue Star is supposed to be showing up this summer. Ooh, exciting and terrifying both at once. Mm -hmm. All right. This well, summer let's... when we enter into the gravitational field of the four giants as well as the Blue Star, which is supposedly considered a death omen, this should be an interesting summer. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, let's just go check out the TikToks, and we'll call it a show. Okay.
That was bizarre. Utterly, yep. utterly bizarre. That's my kid. How different provinces, we've seen this one, how different provinces react to being pulled over. Have we? Yeah. Hey, 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 this, this is bullshit. I'm still allowed to stab three more people this month before you give me any tickets for it. So what's the problem? I was only going 27 over. Sir, you ran over a child. Oh, fuck me. Is that what that was? Was that license and registration? Sure. Uh, you just hold that for me for one second. Hey, he do. Bean and bye. Uh-uh. Knick-knack, paddywhack. Oh, hoity-toity. Okay, so let me get this straight. What you're saying is that I'm not allowed to flip off the Irving trucks when I pass them, right? But they were having a sale at Micmac. I didn't want to miss it. Oh, shit. Decathlon 2? Oh, fuck yeah, Decathlon 2. Hey, you know, <laughs> I would have ran out of Island before I even got up to this speed, eh? Hey, you know I work for Suncor, right? I pay your fucking salary, bud. Show some respect. Kiss give fuck the bell neck. Why the fuck do you pull me over, huh? Does it look like I have Ontario plates? What was that? Is there a particular reason why you're just sitting here? I'm just waiting for the light to turn green, man. Sir, that's a stop sign. Oh... <laughs> yeah, I nailed BC pretty well. <laughs> yeah, BC is a stoner province. We all know it, and we all accept it. Hey, BC Bud used to be the most sought-after Bud in North America. Oh, it still is. All right. Not the stuff that you buy in the stores, mind you, but it's still the most sought-after Bud. All right, liver cakes from 1947. Oh dear God, this guy again. <laughs> Hey man, you can't go wrong with this guy. Yeah, come on, there it is. Now I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this puzzle piece thing that they keep <laughs> popping up on me. Liver cakes from 1947. <clears throat> so the liver is an organ which collects and filters all of the toxins from an animal throughout their lifetime. So why we prance about and eat it is beyond me. With that being said, I've never tried it. Until now. Into a pot of water goes a pound of calf's liver. <clears throat> this recipe asks for calf or mutton liver. But when I asked about mutton liver to the butcher, he just asked if I was okay. Fire! While that boils, we need a quarter cup of breadcrumbs, flour, salt, pepper, plus dried sage, and onion. Then we drain what? I don't want to do this! <laughs> Mince the liver! Ooh. You know, I used to have a sock like this. This is disgusting. Two eggs! Get in! Now we make patties. <clears throat> what do you think we fry these in? Lard! Let me get my lard bucket. Then you just... Let it large with liver and lard. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> There's something... Oh, wait a sec. What's it? deviant about this tastes like metal i don't like that liver yeah <laughs> liver's horrible stuff <laughs> i make dog treats out of it because dogs love it i'm really good at aiming this oh, let me see if i can hit this pot up here what is that first try uh, I, scrolled, I don't think i want to know i scrolled down <laughs> i i accidentally ah. scrolled down and it loaded another one how the world makes us feel song oh dear you'll like it uh-huh I'm sure. <clears throat> Every day I'm a getting closer to taking a bath with my toaster. Every day I'm yeah. a getting. Yeah, okay. Short and sweet and to the point. Yep. Not too bad. My kid is torturing the cat by cuddling him. Uh huh. Serves the cat right for being in the same room. <laughs> I don't know how I feel, so I don't really stop her. 
Here's the play of the week that has everyone talking. It happened at the annual event celebrating community content attended by many high-level currency hoarding players who have mastered various ways of playing pretend. This iconic player has a glitch that affects the growth rate of her avatar's hair, so when this iconic player shared a troll comment about it in global all chat, her ride-or-die co-op partner rushed the stage and immediately attacked him right in the face only moments before unlocking his first Oscar achievement. Congrats! In balance changes, the leader of Clan DPRK announced that they've test-fired their biggest intercontinental ballistic missile yet in preparation for a long-standing PvP encounter with Clan America, which is in a full-on clown fiesta itself. It's been revealed that the co-op partner of one of their highest-ranking mods had whispered this player, who worked for this former clan captain, asking him to overturn the results of the 2020 community poll that would decide on a new clan captain. Meanwhile, the new clan captain has said that Russian players should kick or ban their clan captain. Finally, Clan Russia's PvP players are regrouping after their staggered attempt at Russian Clan Ukraine has so far failed to secure a victory. Phew. For the developers, I'm AJ Fry with updates and patch notes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like this news version that she's found because it compares everything to video games. Yes, well, there's people that believe we live in, we live in just a giant video game, so... <laughs> yes, but it's actually a fantastic way to hide what you're actually saying by saying... I'm just talking about video games. Yes. And then, for some reason, the Autobots don't recognize that you're talking about real shit. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yes, because the AI is not paying attention. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, here we go. Another one from the same dude, obviously. Yep. Puzzle piece? Maybe not. Oh, no, puzzle piece. Ever since, for some reason, they started giving me all these puzzles pieces, things to solve, and I don't know what their scheme is. Me either. And the difficulty of the game has just been increased again. For the moment, it's not clear that the new PvP content instigated by the captain of Clan Russia against Clan Ukraine is in fact mm -hmm. the arrival of the rumored World War III DLC, but players across the globe are experiencing huge anxiety debuffs, including yours truly. International clans are playing the metagame of economic sanctions against Russia, while Russian players are bravely gathering to spam rage emotes towards their captain, who hasn't won an election minigame without cheating and stream sniping his rivals in 20 years. Meanwhile, players around the world have gathered to show their support of Clan Ukraine, which five days in is still rallied behind their popular and freely elected clan captain. Finally, in boss battles, the former captain of Clan America, who retains the support of roughly half of American players, continues to publicly praise Clan Russia's captain, while an American representative suggested Clan America and Clan Canada need to be liberated like Ukraine. I asked the devs if this means we may see a Clan America Civil War DLC drop alongside the WW3 DLC, and they replied they'll be ready when they're ready. For the developers, I'm AJ Fry with updates <laughs> and patch notes for the game we're all playing. I honestly the the love the way that this was put. It, it was done brilliantly. It was very done very brilliantly. It was taking hours <laughs> to write that. <laughs> All right, Princess Peach takes Mario to court. To court. Yep. Oh, oh dear. It's part two. I don't. I didn't bother looking at part one, but <laughs> this is actually kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we got. When have you ever heard of floating money? That's fucking ridiculous. I also have a signed affidavit from the Goopa family that says they witnessed Mario Mario stomping on their neighbors until they were dead. They were a cutting to get me. Those were my friends, asshole. They were trying to stage an intervention. Your Honor, my husband and I have tried everything to prevent Mr. Mario from invading our home. We've installed rotating fireballs, trapped floors, and filled our living room with lava. You didn't need to do that. Listen to me, Peach. Please, it's a me. Mario! Okay, stop! Stop! Shut up! Just shut your mouth, okay? <laughs> your Honor, we've caught this man in the garden eating our flowers, 
smashing eggs on the lawn to look for dinosaurs to ride, and even try to crawl into my storm drain looking for secret rooms. Not to mention, not to mention, the time he ate a handful of mushrooms and tried to kiss me. When have you ever heard of floating money? That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I also you right. gotta admit, that's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> Princess Peach goes woke and uh, and uh, goes insane. All right, sounds good. All right, the game <laughs> boss battles. Okay. Oh, more stuff. More game. While she was finally defeated last month, the player turned villain Ghislaine Maxwell is ready to drop her epic loot, the aliases of at least eight other players who are also horrific bad guys. While many are speculating about a few certain high-ranking American players, one top-tier British player has already had his vanity titles nerfed in advance of the epic loot drop. In future content, players in Europe are getting hyped for the often-teased dynamic global PvP event known as World War III. Though yet to be officially confirmed, keen-eyed players have noticed a buildup of S-tier troops in many legendary PvP zones between the Russian and Ukrainian servers. Finally, in achievements, the 10 players who have amassed the most in-game currency worldwide have indeed doubled their total wealth over the past two years alone. Congrats, guys! And of the 21,000 players who hit game over every single day due to a lack of funds, maybe your luck will change when you respawn. Spawn. Though I should clarify, the devs have never confirmed the respawning mechanic, so play as though each life is your one and only. For the developers, I'm AJ Fry with updates and patch notes for the game we're all playing. Let's look at a boss battle. <laughs> well, it was useful. It was entertaining with the uh, highlights <laughs> from uh, the kid in the background. Yeah, she. I put Mecha on her burn. <laughs> Mecha is a pretty fantastic thing, but it does sting a little bit, so um, yeah. The whole you suck that you heard in the background, mm -hmm. it was a fair complaint. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Teachers, high school versus college, part five. Why does it say part one? In uh, because that is the part one that the child sent me, although according Ryan, to the, wake to up. the title, it's I part five. I don't care five. if y'all are balancing an immense amount of extracurricular activities so you can seem well-balanced at colleges, all while maintaining a good GPA and getting enough sleep to nourish a growing body. We're talking about sedimentary rock today. I need you to keep up. Oh. We got a napper. The parties get a little too crazy this weekend. <laughs> I remember those days. Hey, it's Monday, guys. We're only human, right? No worries. Taylor, your paper was probably the best I've ever seen in my 15 years of teaching. However, you did use the wrong form of there in the second paragraph. In college, they would probably fail you for that, but I settled for giving you an 85. Taylor, I have to say, the fact that you wrote your essay on a paper towel was so inventive. That kind of creative thinking is going to go really far in the business world. A+. Plus. And then the European colonizers said to the native people, do you mind doing a little scoochie poochie over a couple miles so we can use this beautiful land? You guys are the best. So this semester, we're going to use a Marxist lens to look at how the United States made vast technological growth that shaped <clears throat> the world, but at the expense of the exploitation of the working class. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, when I watched that, I was like, really? It seems like they're a hell of a lot nicer in version of college today than when I went to college. That was only like two years ago that I was in college. And if I fell asleep in class in college, I literally had an air horn blasted in my face to wake oh, me up. I didn't have that problem. If I fell asleep in college, I did. they leave you sleep in the back. Yeah, I was in the back. You know what the teacher did? He walked out and he blasted a freaking air horn. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> yes, Emily? 
why do we have a final exam? Because we're preparing you for college and it's gonna be a lot harder there. I don't do final exams. You will have a final project. You'll be in groups of five analyzing a local nonprofit and giving them strategies that we learned in class that you think would make their business better. You also have two months to do it. I'm sorry to hear that your mom's in the hospital, Allie, but you've already seen the test. If I let you leave now, it wouldn't be very fair to the other students. You're gonna have to tell your mom to hold on to life. Calculus waits for no one. I'm so sorry to hear about your goldfish dying. I know how hard it can be losing a pet. You really don't have to stay in class today. I'll post all my slides on Blackboard. Excuse me, Brian, there's no phones allowed in my classroom. You're buying Billie Eilish tickets? Well, I'm sure they'll still be there in 10 minutes when class is over. You can go buy them then. Yes, Tyler? Why is it called the Hippocampus? That's a good question. I actually don't know that. Can somebody grab their phone and look that up for us? <laughs> it just surprised me to see that. And it's like, you know, this must have some truth to it if they're making all these freaking videos on it. And well, if it college is. is like that now, wow. College was like that when I went to it. Such a big difference hmm. between high school. It's like in college, yeah, you're paying for this. If you don't show up, you fall asleep, and I'll mark you accordingly. This is your fucking life. Figure it out. <laughs> All right. They treated us uh, worse than I was ever treated in high school when I was in college. But maybe it's because I was in the trades. Oh, the trades are completely different. I kind of felt like I was in some kind of the, the, uh, military the, school. The, the trade, then the again, trade, like the I trade, said, trades. The trades are preparing you for real life. College ah. doesn't. College doesn't. Because real life, you, you can't fall asleep on a job in real life. So it's probably the fact that I was in trades. I didn't take yeah. any of the other courses. I was only yeah. in trades. So. No, I, I didn't take trades in college. No, when I when you I you have took to my, take them now in order to be considered for any job in the trades. You have to take college courses. What it's college stupid courses and ridiculous, and take? our profs thought it was stupid and retarded too. So that's absolutely stupid and retarded. What college courses are they trying to cram down a tradesperson's uh, throat? Must be fucking feminazi courses. You have to take an auto mechanics course in order to be considered for any auto mechanic job. You have to take a welding course in order to be considered for any yes. welding job. But that's 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 welding stuff. That's not sitting in a classroom, um, with a whole oh, bunch no, of other. Uh, a there whole has bunch to of be other, a certain a allotment of, of classroom time in order for you to pass. Yes, well, that's the same thing. When I went to trades, I went to trade school, but trade school is different than college. You got to understand, trade school and college are not the same thing. Okay, they're completely different things. They're different animals entirely. College is okay, like. Well. College is like whatever, but trade school is like, you know, prepare for life, make a living. And there, are cla there is classroom time in trade school, but it's not, it's not uh, feminazi courses or, you know, feminism courses or um, whatever they call Trade them. school is the only college experience I have, so. No, so that doesn't count. That's trade school. Trade school is completely different. All right. Hey, I didn't get a puzzle piece. <laughs> I'm disappointed. What's wrong with them? The moment that human beings start coming together out of love, people like to start calling it a cult. When I bought that farmland, I had one goal, and that was to make a beautiful place for mothers. Nothing perverted, nothing anything like that. No, no, this is supposed to be about love, caring, and compassion. And the fact that I was simultaneously mass harvesting human breast milk was simply so that I would have enough money to continue to feed them expired cat food while being able to start my own private jet collection. Going deeper with Richard Ryder. Follow for more. <laughs> All right. Self-diagnosis is valid. 
Okay. This one melts my brain. Yeah, this will be one of those special people. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's my puzzle piece. Now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> All right. It's Autism Acceptance Month, and I want to make one point abundantly clear to any and all people who see this, even if you only watch the first 10 seconds of this video, self-diagnosis is valid. There's lots of reasons why self-diagnosis is valid, because, like, first of all, we live in a capitalist hellscape. Healthcare is expensive. A lot of people can't afford to go through the full diagnostic process, and that shouldn't be demonized. Second of all, if someone is self-diagnosing as autistic, that doesn't mean they saw a couple funny TikToks and they were just like, oh, that's me. It might be they saw a couple TikToks and then that made them reflect and then that made them research and then that made them dive down deep into the rabbit hole of self-discovery because a lot of us turn autism and ourselves into our own special That's about where I stopped it. this shit out. So research is being done. I think the most important mm -hmm. thing that a lot of people forget, if someone relates to something like that, if someone sees this list of traits or reads about these experiences or sees all these things happening and they feel that. Okay. <laughs> so the kid sent me that out of irony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, like, you know, when I watched that, all I could think of is self-diagnosis is, no, that's bad. That's, that's nothing more than Dr. Google. And in all honesty, if self-diagnosis were really a thing, then we would have nobody ever graduate from psychology or from doctor courses or nurse courses because the whole reason why self-diagnosis is not valid is because if self-diagnosis were valid, then everyone would be so sick with everything once they learn about it that no one would ever be able to do anything. Yeah, well, you'd be amazed at how, how many uh, people doing psychology their first year, they do mass amounts of uh, self-diagnosis, and they've got everything under the sun. They're completely psychotic. That's why they graduate a psych psychiatrist to uh, teach you, to tell you your diagnosis after they've already diagnosed themselves. I know, because that's the courses I took with psychology. <laughs> so, and I watched it happen in real time. It was very entertaining. <laughs> to watch them, especially the women. The women were the worst. Mm-hmm. All right. Last All one. Right. Last one. Let's hear about the game for last one for tonight. Canadian players of various experience levels, though largely in avatars of similar pale skin tones, quested to the nation's capital just to play like total noobs who haven't even figured out the controls yet. Some fully smooth-brained players represented losing clans from classic PvP battles, while other bronze-ranked total plebs added cosmetic items to a monument honoring Terry Fox, one of the best players of all time. So drop an F in the chat for Terry. Throughout the weekend mayhem, many skillless loser trolls mashed their horn buttons repeatedly in an effort to brute force a change to the vaccination upgrade level requirements for certain optional career side quests. Quick dev note, all side quests are optional. To avoid game over, you only have to do your daily quests, collecting enough energy, purging your excess inventory, and spending six to nine hours in rest state. Some optional career quests will require certain equipment or upgrades for many reasons, including protecting other players. And in player stats, we're seeing a steep decline in patience for anti-vaxxer BS or button smashing. I'm AJ Fry with updates and patch notes <laughs> for the game we're all playing. Let's look at new quests. Canadian <laughs> players of various... <laughs> I really love the way this guy puts everything down. <laughs> he does a good job of it, yes. He does a good job of it. All right, well, let's call that a night. Call the show. And uh, a little music, carry us on out. These are the days of thunder. We're going to make time stand still.
A quarter after midnight And I'm watching the wall Sometimes I feel so uptight I just can't sleep at all Every day doing the same old thing We're losing time The weekend comes, we gotta have some fun And rewind These are the days of thunder Choking 